Welcome to another episode of Get a Good Start. Hey folks, I started getagoodstart.com to help other people. And one of the ways I can do that is to introduce you to resources that can help you be successful. The Growth Suite is one of those partners and their mission is to provide you with the skill set, mindset, and tool set to increase your impact and income. Check out their free resources for Get a Good Start listeners over at thegrowthsuite.com slash getagoodstart. Don't forget to visit getagoodstart.com for links to our guests and a list of action items that can help you get a good start. Currently the CEO and co-founder of the Snow Agency and most recently his new venture, Kindred Studios. Welcome to the show, Dan Snow. Dan, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Hey, Dan. You know, you're a busy guy. You're a CEO on the move every day. What does getting a good start mean to you as it applies your typical work day? To me, I like to start my days early, um, relatively speaking. I wake up 6 a.m., go to the gym, um, have my coffee. Um, So by the time I start my work day, I already have, you know, my energy flowing. I'm not just like kind of waking up and, and then getting in. I'm already starting out with my mind kind of like, ready ready to go already warmed up and my body as well so that's how i like to start my days did you always do that or did did you say oh i i gotta get to the gym let me flip around the question how do you know it's not going to be a good day is there a break in your schedule is there a break in your routine that that kind of signals uh-oh this is going to be more labor laborsome of a day than it normally is so for me, it's not so much day to day I look at, which is why I, I go to the gyms in the morning. It's more so just kind of lifestyle. Um, and I realized that as the old adage goes, you know, healthy, healthy body, healthy mind type thing. Um, and it, it truly is the case. You know, the business is very stressful. It's very stressful to run a business. And if you're not taking care of your body, um, it's hard to it's hard to to be a high performer. It's hard to think it's hard. You're, you're you know. I was getting really bad mental fatigue, brain fog, all that stuff. And it's simply because um, literally, you know, my diet and my diet is a derivative of kind of my, my daily output in the fitness sense, being active. So, um, and what I realized is that if I don't go to gyms in the morning, you know, after 5.30, 6, 6.30 PM, whenever, whenever I stop working, you know, you, you know, I, it, it's, it's uncertain what I'm doing, you know, there's, there's dinners last second, there's meetings, there's networking events, there's things I have to go to. There's all these things going on in, in, in my life that I you know, I can control, but like I feel like I, you know, I have to attend these events and whatnot, um, which makes, if you want to be stick to a strict workout routine, it's, it's very hard to do that, um, which is why I, I, I do that in the mornings so that I can be consistent and you know, I, I will feel better throughout the days have more energy, et cetera. So, so really your day, you, you start the day off with a great foundation. It's kind of similar to what the 5 a.m. club people do, which is they dedicate time to their body, to their mind, and to their spirit to build a good foundation for the rest of the day. And that seems like what you're doing every day. Yeah, exactly. You've accomplished so much in the last six years or so, right? If you could go back to the day after you graduated college and say to yourself, hey, this is what you need to do, or this is something that I learned, you know, 
many years from now, but I want to tell you so you don't make the same mistake. What, what would you tell yourself? Um, I would say to put yourself in an uncomfortable environment. You know, for me, I actually had a lot of success already in college. And what I've realized over time is that your network is arguably the most important thing, whether you are a founder or not. And your network is really a compounding effect. It's who you know and also your reputation at it simultaneously. And it doesn't happen overnight. So starting off your career in the right location, quite literally, you know, in a tech, if you're in tech, being in the tech hub, if you're in, I don't know, you oil, go to the oil hub, like build your network and your name and your reputation. So I would have moved right to one of these hubs directly out of college. And um, that, 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 that's, that's what I would have done because, you know, New Jersey, like didn't, wasn't, it was in my safe zone, you know, comfort, comfort zone. I grew up in New Jersey. It was easy for me, had my family there. And I think that if I were to have put myself in a, in a new situation, it would have helped a lot with a lot of things throughout my uh, career. Yeah, I think your comments are well taken because one of the things I preach is network. I teach, teach students how to network because they don't really know how to do it successfully, either in college or out of college. And the relationship is the most important thing. And I think the other thing you're, you're talking to, which I totally can appreciate, is the safety net effect, right? It, it happens to people when they're at a, a company or a larger company for a few years, they feel safe there, right? They don't want to make a move. Or if for, for you, it was like you had this structure around you and a support system around you. And that doesn't allow you to take risks or when it does, when you take the risk, you feel like, eh, I could feel it's okay. I think we succeed more times when we're out of that comfort zone, take the risks where if we fail, a lot of bad things can happen. And then we wind up excelling at that thing or doing better at it. Yeah, absolutely. So you get out of school and you start, I mean, you, you formed a, a few companies and you started working like a, like a, a mad person, as far as I can tell from your history. Uh, but what was the biggest slap in the face or the real world hitting you in the face when you got out of college that you realize you got out of college like, holy crap, I never would have expected this. I had a different than most experience in that just because by the time I graduated college, my business was already doing $2 million a month in revenue. So I was just continuing what I was already doing versus like, okay, I graduate college, I'm starting a new life. I was just continuing what I was already doing. So my life didn't really change, change much at all. If anything, it, I had, uh, I had more free time, which was like an impediment on my, uh, my day today, actually, because I, f I felt like now I could, you know, I, I'm young, I have all these opportunities now, like it, it I, I, I should have, could have been a lot more head down, so to speak, than I think I, I was. Because also, you know, this was a time where like, there wasn't the internet with online communities. And so I felt like I was just like figuring out as I went throughout the, you know, having a business that was just ex exploding in college. So yeah, for me, it was, it, it was a lot of, a lot of per personal growth after, after college and really truly figuring out what I wanted to do with my career still. Obviously I knew I wanted to, I wanted to get it digital marketing, but like there's so many things in it that I want to keep running that company, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah. You're background and, and certainly your entree into the quote unquote real world out of college was different than many. So let me ask you prior to that time, 
what was the the impetus what was the genesis of you wanting to start your own business in college how did that happen well for for one i i feel like i you know the entrepreneur uh gene is literally in my dna i don't know what what why or what or you know what childhood experiences i had that might have caused that but like you know i was the type of kid and in first grade that's like selling gum on the bus you know <laughs> um, i always didn't you know i, I didn't ever I didn't like working for anyone my first job i worked at that great adventure taking photos of people walking in and i was miserable you know i folded silverware pf chang's like i didn't i didn't want to to work i i always knew i wanted to kind of like work for myself so for me, it started out uh, in, a, in a pretty basic way. I actually saw a friend at the gym. He told me he was making money online and uh, through a Twitter Twitter account. I said, wow, that's amazing. I, I went left the gym and I made a Twitter account. Uh, it wasn't necessarily like a business as I saw it at the time. It was just a way for me to, to make some money so I, I can, I, you know, I can go to the bar and buy a drink on the weekend. I, I, you know, I, was, fo I was very focused on my studies in college needed to maintain, I was, going, I was supposed to be a dentist, needed to maintain a, you know, a, a solid GPA while also having social life, et cetera. So I wasn't thinking of a huge, creating a huge business at the time. I was just trying not to get a job. I didn't have time for a job. So I was like, oh, I can make money on my phone. That's freaking awesome. You know? <laughs> Along the way, there were some eye-opening experiences. I found out there are people that are running huge businesses. I remember reading an article in Forbes, like meet the blah, 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 that's making $100,000 a month on Twitter accounts. And I was like, wow, you know, that opened my eyes. I, I can turn this into something. And that's, I had my eyes set and that's, you know, then I, my whole approach to what I was doing changed pretty drastically. So um, that's, that's kind of how it started. Yeah, that's amazing. So it seems like to me, you, you would, kind of you, you wouldn't necessarily set a goal for yourself but you'd set a, a result right and then you'd go after that result with great focus you know whether it be you know maintaining the gpa or i just need some extra money you figure out a way to do it you focused on that result and you went after it and and i think you know as i look through your resume of of accomplishments you know it seems like you've figured something out or you saw something and it seems like your pathway was kind of organic as it, as as opportunities presented themselves to you. You went after them, and uh, I think along the way, you starting all these businesses, you had to learn a lot um, about business, about running your own business. I mean, as you said, it's very stressful. I've run my own. What was something? What was the hardest thing you had to learn about? owning or starting, founding, creating your own business? The hardest thing I had to learn, there's been so many. I think that the biggest misconception, we can start with that one. Sure. Uh, and this wasn't my misconception. I just think this is one that many people can relate to. Is like, I want to start a business, so I don't want to work a nine to five. If you want to start a business because you don't want to work nine to five, you're doing the wrong thing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you start a business because you're going to start working nine to nine. Nine, you know, and I say 9 a.m. to 9 a.m., like 24 hours a day on the weekends. Like if you want to get into a business because you don't want to work, you know, that, that's not how it works. You get into a business to do more work, not less work, um, really. Eventually, as, as you're becoming, you know, you're building a real business organization, then, you, you know, it doesn't rely on you as much. But in the beginning stages, you're doing everything. 
Um, so that's a, I think that's a common misconception that, that people uh, go through because um, there's just so much more stress on, on founders. You know, you're doing legal, accounting, sales, recruiting, management, you know, process building, like you're literally doing it all and overseeing it and people rely on you. So um, that being said, you know, that wasn't a, ever a big deal for me because I was passionate about what I was doing and I wasn't counting the hours and I still don't count the hours. You know, right. if it's 1 a.m. and I need to do something, like I'll do it. I won't say, oh, I need to work like 1 a.m. Like it's just what I do. I tell you, that's, that's true. And I'm going to ask you a question later on. Uh, I want to follow up on that, but I want to get to, you know, as a business owner, when I was at different, uh, when I was at the agency and when I was at the bank and, you know, building a team of people and hiring people, you know, we all have our ways we sift through resumes and sift through applicants. What have you found to be the most valuable attribute of an employee outside of the resume? If all resumes are equal, all experience is equal, what's that next thing that separates one employee from another for you? I would say someone who's a self-starter um, and you're a self-starter, you typically have passion. And I found that, or, or even just curiosity, yeah, potentially curiosity kind of goes into it. I think it all, they all go hand in hand, actually. Typically passionate people are curious um, and be, and if you're curious and you're passionate, you're probably going to be a self-starter. Um, and it doesn't have to necessarily even be in, in this specific to this job. You know, if you are like, we have someone in our company who's passionate about games, like video games. Mm -hmm. I think that's translatable into like, that says more so about who the person is and how they operate than like, oh, we, this isn't a video game job. They're not going to do well sort of thing. So I found that passionate people in general uh, tend to also be the highest performers. And then it just goes back to the, the ones that aren't counting the hours. If you're counting the hours, it just, it, you know, you'll never have success in life. It's not a way to, to go through life that way. I think the key word there, and, and for my listeners, the key word you mentioned in that in the answer was curious. I have found the same thing over my career. Employees who were curious, and it didn't really matter what they were curious about, the fact that they were curious and wanted to know more about different things, they were willing to go down that rabbit hole of passion, right? Their passion lies in finding out more about the thing they don't know about and, and, and exploring it to the nth degree. I almost call it the, uh, the, the, Easter, the Easter egg uh, video game player, the person who will go in every corner of every room of every game of every part of a game to find all the Easter eggs is the curious person. They want to know everything about that game. And uh, those Easter egg hunters are the people I like to hire because I know when they get a hold of something, they're going to take it to the nth degree, figure it all out and come back and tell me this is how we can do it now because I figured out a way. You know, I read an article recently. I think it was actually Mark Cuban that said it, but it's like you don't want everyone in your company to be that curious person because then it's just going to be, you know, kind of a, a bit chaotic. It'll it'll clash. You you know you want you you need the curious ones. You need the ones who are going to do their job, and then because each 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 one has has nuances to it. You know, mm -hmm. um, I have to find it. I can send it to you after the call, but. It like kind of summed it up perfectly, like the three personality types you encounter running a business. I actually spoke with another gentleman who is a uh, who is a venture capitalist. He has a hedge fund now, and he he describes his three types of employees: the A's, the B's, and the C's. And uh, it's it's interesting how you brought up the same thing. So 
you know, yes, yeah, definitely send me that article when you find it because I'd like to put it on the, the blog post when we put this up uh, so my listeners can refer to it and see what, what executives are talking about when they talk about, you know, what they're looking to hire. Let's talk about your space that you're in. You're in the digital marketing space, uh, digital marketing space. Um, you've had quite the experience in that space on all the social platforms. And there's a ton of uh, college juniors and seniors out there who are listening who, you know, want to go into digital marketing. And we know technology changes very rapidly. You know, how can they stay on top of the, the trends? What's your advice to them so that when they get out of college and they go for their first job interview and they say, hey, hey, have you heard about this new tool or this new thing? And they're like, nope, haven't heard of it, but I learned this. And they're like, ah, that's that's so six months ago. <laughs> you know, what? How, how can they stay on top of the technology? What's the best way of doing it? I found joining groups is the best way to do this. So if you want, if you're into tech, like find people who are in tech and join those groups. That's been, you know, I've, I've been in so many groups throughout my entire career and I still am. Mm -hmm. um, people who are in my industry, passionate leaders at what they're doing, you know, cause you don't need to be the one contributing to all that. People are doing the research there. Everyone's contributing and, and, and information. It's kind of like aggregating. Everyone's aggregating their own information to what they think is, is beneficial. So join groups, find other like-minded people. That's the best way to learn, to network, make relationships, be on the cutting edge of what's going on. Are you part of Reddit groups or uh, Clubhouse groups or, you know, where, where are the platforms? Reddit, Telegram, text message, mm -hmm. you know, Slack, in-person masterminds. Those are, those are what we're doing. Mastermind groups from Think and Grow Rich. That's, a, that's a, one of their points. Listen, I wanted to come back to this question because I think it's relevant uh, and timely. You know, there's a lot of people out there who you're talking about starting your own business and the things you learned and one of the things you said is, you know, if you don't want if you don't want to work nine to five, that's the wrong reason to start a business, right? I but I find it fascinating that so many people are out there. And if you you, you scroll through or explore on Instagram, you find all these people saying that they're influencers, right? So I know that you have had some experience in this. Uh, one of your agencies or one of your businesses dealt with influencers. And what's your whole take on someone who says, I want, hey, they came to you, Dan, what do you think? I'm going to be an influencer. When I get out of college, I'm going to make a lot of money doing it because everybody makes a lot of money doing it. What's your advice to them? What's your feedback to them going to be? For people who you said who want to become influencers? Yeah. You know, being a creator, I, I think I saw some posts, is like one of the hardest jobs there is. You know, it's, it's very hard to be a creator solely reliant on you you have to constantly you know it's 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 tough that being said you know if you do it successfully i think that being a, a creator is, is is truly you know it just there's so many things you can do with it if, if you do a good job of it but it's like in this day and age it's like becoming a professional athlete almost you know the people at the top are the ones making all the money the people at the middle and the bottom are are if you're trying to become a creator as a profession, you know, I don't know how you're paying your rent. Yeah. It's very, 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 very hard, very hard. But if that's what someone's passionate about, go after it. I agree with you on that. And I, it's funny because I, you know, I hear a few of my students at my, the last virtual meeting before, before we got into the topic of the day, someone said, oh yeah, well, I'm just going to, I'm going to start, you know, reviewing products and I'm going to make a lot of money. I'm like, well, it doesn't really work that way. 
number one. Number two, you really got to, you really have to build an audience of people who trust and like you. And, you know, that's not easy. It takes a lot of work to do that, to get the people to pay attention to you. It takes a lot of work, you know, and like you said, if you're, you're passionate about it, you should go after it, but it's, it's not, everybody thinks they just take a picture with a, with a, a, a product in their hand and put it on uh, TikTok or they do on Snapchat enough and they're going to get paid for it. And it's, it's not that easy. It's work. It's yeah. like you said, it's nine to nine work and that's not 9am to 9pm. It's 9am to 9am every day. Yeah, exactly. Hey Dan, I really want to thank you for coming on the show today. I look forward to having you as a profile in an upcoming series that'll be out this summer. And uh, I look forward to that. And I look forward to the next and new exciting things that you come up with as I continue to track your career and your businesses. So thank you very much. Awesome. Thank you much for having me, Scott.